WNBA Nation, welcome to a special, relaxed, three-day weekend holiday episode of WNBA Nation with your hosts, I'm Logan Jones, and with me is Kyle Haywood, back from his trip. What's up, Kyle? Dude, I am doing so well, and it's good to be home, but I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, that, that was Dallas. I'm missing, I'm missing the Dallas peeps. I had some fun down there. That was a blast. So I'm, uh, I'm a little bit sad. I was really sad to leave. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll give a, a little bit more of a report here soon, but yeah, dude, it was, it was really, really fun. And we had a great time at the game and I got to experience, uh, Bucky's for the first time in my life, which if you've <laughs> never been to Texas, you don't know what I'm talking about, Buc-ies. but those of you who have been to Texas know exactly what I'm talking about. And it was quite an experience. I had no idea what I was, what I was getting into when I walked, when I drove up to the Bucky's. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Did you get, I know everybody talks burgers. We, we argue burgers too much, um, on the sidelines of this show as hosts, but did you get to what a burger? Did you, did you try the spicy ketchup? What, what would, what did you think? So I didn't, I didn't get to a Whataburger. Um, we, so our food, I'll, I'll give a quick food rundown. Um, just so, because it's, it's worth it. Uh, cause it's, it's Texas food. Um, day one, night one, as we flew in, uh, before we got to Jason's house, we stopped at this really great Mexican restaurant, um, that was maybe, maybe a top five Mexican, like, Ooh. food experience that I've had in my life. It was phenomenal food. The next day, so breakfast, we just ate it at, uh, Jason's house. So we just always had, had food with them for breakfast. Um, lunch, we hit up this place called Ellen's. On, uh, in the west side of Chicago, or not Chicago, Dallas. Um, west side of Dallas, West End, like the historic district down there. We went to this place called Ellen's. It was Southern food and dude, it was money. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I got something called the pancake pot pie and, uh, <laughs> and Clyde, Clyde got an open face meatloaf sandwich, which both of those sound like what? But I'm telling you right now, absolutely incredible food. Um, we went to dinner with Jason and Cammy. We hit up this Cajun place, had some excellent uh, Cajun, you know, seafood. We had some catfish and shrimp and uh, gator um, on some po' boys. And then um, we hit up this place called Torchy's Tacos. So good, so good. Like like really unique style tacos. Uh, I wouldn't call it Mexican food. I would call it tacos. Is that is like it had like fried chi- like one of them had like fried chicken and and queso and like yeah like it wasn't normal tacos like it was it was really unique take on tacos but it was excellent and then um, let's see uh, the last place oh we went to uh, a traditional just uh, Texas barbecue. In this little tiny town called Aurora, um, and it was called the Smoking Windmill. Apparently, uh, there was a UFO that hit a windmill back in like <laughs> the late 1800s, early 1900s. Like a UFO hit a windmill and like 
set it on fire and that's where uh that's where they got the name the smoking windmill so the whole thing the whole barbecue place called smoking windmill was uh alien themed and it was weird like i was like an alien themed texas barbecue i'm not gonna lie it was amazing they had live music like great talent there uh and the food was was great you know uh in particular their smoked sausage there was phenomenal so the food was great and overall just Dallas is a super cool place. Um, not at all what I was expecting. I was expecting to fly into Texas. I'd never been to Texas before. So in my brain, it's like, Oh, it's like the wild West, you know, like desert and like Brown. No, it was beautiful. There was like tons of trees. It was really green. Um, yeah, it was great. It was really flat. It reminded me a lot of like other parts of the Midwest. So yeah, it was, but Dallas was a super chill place. The Dallas Fort Worth area is just, uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time with Jason and Cammy and, um, yeah, overall had a great trip. Well, and the, the game you attended wasn't, uh, wasn't a bad one to be oh, at either. Dude, saw, what saw a, a nice game. Dallas Wings victory. That Dallas Chicago game was just back and forth all night. Um, Marina Mabry just had herself a night. Holy cow. There was at one point where she had, um, she didn't convert on the second one, but she had back to back four point play opportunities. She converted the first one. And then like, I can't remember. It was like the next time down the court or like within the next couple of times down the court, she got fouled on a three again and drained it and then missed the free throw. But just, Oh, it was, it was the Man- Marina Mabry show. Candace Parker also is just one of the most intimidating humans on a basketball court that I've ever seen in person. That was a lot of fun. Um, Excellent, and the sports the uh, the sports fans there in Dallas obviously are, are are big time fans of all their teams, and and the Wings are included in that. We had a lot of fun meeting a lot of of the fans there. Got some pics with a lot of them, and uh, yeah, just overall an, an absolute blast at that Dallas and Chicago game. So yeah, it was great. Nice. Well, it sounds awesome. Thank you for the that's your trip advisor. Yeah, uh, there's the rundown uh, planning guide if you're. If you're going to go out to Dallas, hit up some of those places, especially, uh, you know, if you want to get, if you want to get tacos and you want to get alien themed Texas barbecue, and I don't <laughs> know why you wouldn't. Now you know where to get it. Uh, Kyle, this is going to be a fun, kind of a relaxed show. Yeah. Uh, this every Monday we're, we're used to Mondays not being game days, but this Monday especially is a weird observed holiday, uh, since the fourth is yesterday. So we all kind of have the day to just do whatever we want and we don't have like the holiday plans interfering. So like there's no parades, there's no family obligations. It's just whatever we want to do. And what we want to do is talk a little bit about the W because we've got some things going on. Yes. So on today's show in no, no particular order, uh, we've got some rookie talk. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Atlanta dream because there's some rumblings of, uh, trouble in paradise there and. Uh, I think I know where we're going to start. We're going to start with some of the game results over the weekend uh, because Steve and I previewed the weekend games while you and Jason were in Dallas. We thought some of them were going to be really fun. We thought others were kind of givens. And I'll tell you what, the the Saturday slate, it was the Saturday afternoon slate that saw some of the best games we've had all year. We're going to lead off with the Indiana Fever getting their second win of the season against the league-leading Connecticut Sun. Uh, holy crap. Connecticut had a good game. John Quill Jones had a good game. Didn't seem to matter. Uh, the Indiana Fever didn't just survive. Uh, in, you know, three quarters through, I, I was thinking this is a gross game. Both teams are shooting under 35%. It's exactly the type of like 
like horrible game that Indiana could like come out on top because it's just ugly. Right. But then the fourth quarter, uh, they had to answer the call. I mean, Connecticut is a well coached, more talented team. Um, uh, and they made their pushes. Um, and granted they, you know, they committed some dumb fouls and they, they still made mistakes, but Connecticut was, you know, there to kind of wake up in the fourth quarter and, uh, avoid kind of an embarrassing loss. And Indiana answered the call with, uh, made foul shots. They hit a big three. Kelsey Mitchell was doing it. Tara McCallum was doing it. Daniel Robinson distributing, hitting big shots, looking like a professional basketball team. You already know. <laughs> Uh, I was, you know, the last episode I was on with Steve, we, we kind of lamented that we don't understand what Indiana's plan is, uh, in the near and, and long term. Yeah. But I mean, just, I, they might have called that a season. If, if they would have hung close with Connecticut that whole game, especially after losing the previous game to, to the Sun by six, just two days prior, I, I think they might have packed it up. Uh, and instead they gutted out a really big win. I, I know it doesn't affect the season or the standings hardly at all. They're still going to be the last place team, but in front of their home crowd seemed like it was a big deal just to establish like, Hey, we're not just going to get run over by every team the rest of the year. Like we're still here to play basketball. So just wanted your thoughts on that game. Sorry. I just basically gave all of mine. No, no, it's, it was great. I actually was really excited. Um, I thought Daniel Robinson had a phenomenal game. Um, you yeah. know, uh, the fever actually shot terribly from behind the arc. Uh, D Rob included, she yeah. went over four, but other there were than two, so there were two made three pointers with two minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was <laughs> for the whole game for, for the entire game. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. not a great, both teams went exactly four for 17 from the floor. Um, uh, or not from the floor, excuse me, from behind the arc. Um, D Rob though had a really solid game. Um, I thought she and Kelsey Mitchell really kind of like led the way and, and did a lot there and, and were able to kind of shoulder a lot of that, um, a lot of that weight. Uh, Tierra McCowan coming off the bench and, and locking down 27 minutes, um, posing a, a 13.12 rebound outing. Um, really solid job. And this is exactly the time of game, the kind of game that Indiana had the opportunity to win and then took advantage of it and did go out there and get the W, just like you said. Um, so it's, oh, it's just good. It's good for Indiana. We've like Indiana fans. I hope that you don't get too sick of us just kind of razzing Indiana continually because we do because, uh, they've earned it. But. This was, we were, just so you know, every single one of us was cheering for Indiana to win this game. And that's not because we don't like Connecticut Sun. Like, we love the Connecticut Sun. We just wanted Indiana to win so bad. <laughs> so we were all cheering. Was, like, we're cheering along with you. I was sincerely you. worried. Like, I, I thought if, if they would have lost that game in front of the home fans after being so close in both games against a superior team, a team with 12 wins already on the season, I thought that might have been it. Uh, like, like, I think that is probably it for fans being invested in the rest of the year. Like post Olympics, I don't know how much interest there would have been in that team at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah. It was it was a rough it was a rough go. Um, but I think that uh, that still getting a W there was was big. Um, Connecticut, although they lost to Indiana, probably didn't have the the biggest disappointment, or I wouldn't say the biggest disappointment. Didn't have the the roughest weekend of of teams. Uh, there's at least one other team that no. that we are going to get to that well, I, I mean, think hurts. And a little. you know what? If I was Kurt Miller, I'd be in that locker room saying, 
another team lost to the Indiana Fever called the 2020 Seattle Storm. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the WNBA champion. So maybe the Fever loss middle of the season is kind of the stamp of like, hey, you guys need to get serious. If you want to win a championship this year, you can't be losing to teams like this. Well, here's the and, thing and is, is if you're going to lose to a team... Why not lose it? Like if you are going to have a wake up game, Indiana's a great team to do it to because they're not threatening you at all. You know, if for instance, instead of Indiana, they lost to like Chicago or Minnesota or, or Dallas, some of these other teams that are within like, you know, two, three games of them, all of a sudden that starts to threaten where they're at in the standings significantly more than just a one loss to Indiana. Um, you know, because Indiana gained one game, they're still f- four and a half games behind the 11th place sparks, you know, like it's not, yeah, like we're, <laughs> they're okay. So yeah, it, I, I hope good, it was a wake win. up call because Connecticut's a phenomenal team. And I still think, you know, uh, a contender in this, in this league, especially with the return of John Quill Jones. Yeah, they really frustrated Connecticut shooting. It was by far their worst offensive output of the year. They shot under 36% for the game. And the Fever didn't shoot much better. They were under 40, but they still got it done with uh, some clutch stuff down the stretch from D-Rob and, uh, and Kelsey Mitchell. So right. um, that was really fun. It was, it was a fun game to watch. And, and even though there were opportunities, like I said, for um, for Indiana to just kind of let it slip away as they like maybe would have earlier in the year. They actually hit the shots and they hit the free throws that they needed to in order to hold on to this one. So I didn't feel like it was just a Connecticut chose a bad time to suck type of game. Like they really went out and won it. And I was, I was proud of them for that. Speaking of teams that went out and won it on the same afternoon, actually it was going on at exactly the same time. The New York Liberty were in a dog fight. <laughs> uh, and, and they were playing the Mystics. They were down almost 20 at the half. Uh, and this is the game that our own Steve Schwartzman basically <laughs> said was over um, yeah. at halftime, and and I, you know, I was compelled to agree with him. I I didn't think the Liberty had it in them, um, but they chipped away. They got within six um, towards the end of the third, and they ended up outscoring the Mystics forty nine to twenty eight in the second half to pull off a narrow three point victory. Yeah. Uh, but Nigel Laney got hers. She went for nineteen points. Um, they overcame a 31 and 16 night from Tina Charles. Tina Charles was amazing as ever. What were your takeaways from this game? Do you think this is going to matter when it comes to the standings at the end of the year? For me, this comes down to what I think the Washington Mystics, I think this was a great indication of who each of these teams are. Um, I, I, you know how much I love Ariel Atkins and Leilani Mitchell. Ariel Atkins, you know, making the U team USA. Ariel Atkins had a kind of a rough game. Um, Tina Charles had a phenomenal game, but nobody else stepped up to really do much. It was pretty much just run of the mill. You know, nobody else really was able to contribute a whole lot to this, to this W. Whereas the New York Liberty get a big game out of Bitnijelani as per usual. Um, and not just her, but McKenna, Michaela Onyewere, uh, came, you know, came out, had an 11 point, uh, four rebound outing, you know, decent outing for, uh, the June rookie of the, of the month. Um, Yonescu dropped 15, Rashonda Gray had 11 and Jasmine Jones dropping yeah. 17. I think, Jasmine was probably the difference maker in this game. Um, as far as like, you know, second half comeback goes, she, she was a, a pretty good spark in that, um, being able to, to come through and, 
and do well. Um, but Laney is, is, was, was super, super essential in this game. Laney came out, uh, as far as plus minus goes, this is the type of game where you really do want to look at plus minus because it was a big comeback, you know, a 20 point comeback. So plus minus is going to tell you, okay, who was, who was doing the most for their team while on the floor? And, and Laney had, was a plus 13. Um, which, you know, for perspective's sake, the nine minutes that Leana Odom was on the court, they were, she was minus 16, you know, so in, you know, nine minutes that she played, the Mystics outscored the, the fever or not the fever, excuse me, the Liberty. Now we're switching that up. The Mystics are outscoring the Liberty. This is, this is my fault. So yeah. <laughs> By 16 points in those over those nine minutes. But, but Laney was able to, while she was on the floor, had a, had a very positive impact on, on the New York, yeah. uh, uh, ability to, to get a W here. Yeah, this game rocked. Uh, and it was it, a fun it kind game. Of exemplified, uh, like you had to, like Jasmine Jones going over the railing for a loose ball, and Sabrina, who who's been kind of quiet from the scoring perspective for the last couple of games, even though she's been playing really well. She goes three of four from beyond the arc for a quiet fifteen points, helping her team out that way. Um, obviously, the big Tina Charles presence. It, it was a it, this game kind of had everything uh, for being two teams that are not heavyweights at the top of the standings. Um, like I know we just watched Vegas, Seattle, not so long ago. And we were like, this is like the game of the year because these are probably the best teams. This, this had some good atmosphere to it. Felt like two playoff teams in a big battle. Um, it got the New York Liberty up to, to 500, which is key. And the mystics are now a couple games below, which is that's danger zone. That's maybe not going to make the playoffs if they don't get back from the Olympic break and really turn it on. So I believe this game matters. Uh, if <laughs> if it comes down to uh, like one of these teams is going to make the playoffs and the other won't, you're going to look back if you're the Mystics and look at a lot of missed free throws down the stretch in this game and be kicking yourself. But yeah, holy crap. This this reminds me of the Liberty from the beginning of the year that obviously got off to that hot start where they went 5-1, and one, but they were doing things that made my brother who lives in Brooklyn text me like, like I think this is my team. Like, like I'm going to go to a game. This is so fun. And he wants to be a fan. I think a lot of people want to be New York Liberty fans. They want the team to be good. You know, the, the nets are out of the playoffs. The NBA is going to be winding down pretty soon. Um, but, but it hasn't had that same level of excitement since that beginning, uh, because they've, they've just been really sporadic, right? They've, they've been, I think they're four and four at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they, you know, they've, they've beaten some good teams. They've lost to some bad teams. Like, it, it's just kind of they're a year ahead, so you never know what you're going to get from them. And this kind of restored some of that good mojo that they had early in the year. Yeah. Um, and their, their schedule doesn't get any easier. I mean, the Liberty are still going to go through a gauntlet here before the Olympic break and then out of the Olympic break face some more tough teams. But uh, I'm happy for them. And I, I'm a little nervous about the Tina Charles like MVP race. Um, with, with John Cole Jones, Bree Stewart, Asia Wilson and them, because seven and 10 is starting to cut her out of that. Um, yeah. I, I think she's still like statistically, obviously she's tops in the league with all of those players, but the Mystics need to collect a couple wins and get a little streak going or they're gonna, uh, I think they're gonna be in trouble. This could be the start of some, some negative. Uh, some negative movement for Washington. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, well, Washington hasn't looked fantastic as of late. You know, they're starting to slip in the standings a little bit. Um, you know, they're down in that number nine spot. 
They're uh, they're a full. I mean, for a while they were right. You know, middle pack, like looking really solid. They're a full two and a half games out of a out of a buy situation in the playoffs. So yeah, yeah, they're they're starting to slip, which Here's, is kind of what we were thinking. We were thinking that we might see a Mystics team start to slip. We were hoping they wouldn't because if they can survive through the Olympics and then maybe you get Mieseman back and who knows what we see with Deladon's injury, but maybe late season return of Deladon, all of a sudden that Mystics team is a whole different story. Um, but if you're missing the playoffs, if you don't put yourself in a position to make the playoffs, that doesn't matter. Then maybe you don't yeah. see Mieseman and you, and Deladon just stays stays out you know the rest of the time until uh hopefully she gets uh, fully healed next season so yeah uh yeah the mystics are i really wish deladon was closer to like maybe like oh after the all-star and olympic break maybe they get her back because what i'm concerned about is i think you can erase a lot of bad in your season if you end like if the two games before the all-star break are really strong you can almost, even if it doesn't help your standings very much, you can almost forget about a lot of crap that happened before that. You can be like, hey, like we ended on a high note. We're going to take this nice long break. We're going to get back to it. We're a different team. Right. But if you end on this kind of like heartbreaker note where you're like, ah, like a really tough grinded out game and we ended up losing because we missed some shots down the stretch. Well, now you're in trouble because you're going to play at Chicago, who's playing much better as of late. Um, and that's your that's your last game before the big break. Um, it's which is, boy, it's a month and a half. I keep thinking it's like two weeks, but it's it's like four or five. Yeah, like it is. They're not playing for a long stretch. So this team, the Washington Mystics, who are two and six on the road, not a good road team. They're going to play at Chicago. They're going to sit for a month, and then they're going to go to Vegas and play two games at Vegas, and then they're going to go play at Phoenix, and then they're going to go home. Finally, at the end of August, to play against Seattle. <laughs> like, that's not. That's, that's what's. So, if you're thinking, oh, we're going to come out strong after the break, probably not. Like, if unless you're going to convert yourselves into a good road team and one of the best teams in the league and able to beat Vegas and Seattle, you're you're going to take some lumps and you're going to find yourself five games below 500, battling for like that eight seed. Yeah, and that's if, if that's anything. a scary so, that's a scary thought for that. For, for that team, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Can we? Yeah. Well, that's a, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I, I just, we had a raid happen on our Twitch stream, uh, which we really appreciate. Want to give a, a, a shout out, uh, to, yeah, double clutch, uh, UK, some, uh, some of our, our big, Sweet. our, our fam, uh, over in the UK, some other basketball fans over, uh, across the pond. As, uh, as people would say, uh, hit us up with a raid. We're having so much fun over here on our Twitch stream while we, while we record this. We want to just want to give a shout out to everybody who's hanging out with us here. Uh, we've had some great questions, some great topics, uh, coming through in, into the, into the chat. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet to come over and check out our Twitch stream and you're just like, I don't know if I'm going to like that, just come give it a shot once. Like literally sign up for a quick Twitch account. And, and follow us. It's twitch.tv slash WNBA nation. You can find us right there. Hit us with a follow and it'll send you an email when we go live and just come try it out. Just come check it out. See if it's something that you like. Um, there's several of our, of our, our Twitch family here that have 
just tried it once and realized how much fun this is to sit and talk live and, and be a part of this. So we appreciate that. And especially a big shout out to, uh, those of you who are subscribed here on Twitch. If you have a Amazon Prime membership, which actually helps you watch several of the WNBA games this season, uh, that get played on, on Amazon Prime. If you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can, uh, shoot, a, you can actually, uh, shoot over a subscription for free on Twitch. Uh, that sends some money our way, but you get, but it doesn't cost you anything. It comes free with your Amazon Prime subscription, but it does help to support us in our coverage of the WNBA. And so we're, we're really appreciative to those of you who have done that. Um, and those of you who don't use, uh, Amazon Prime subscriptions to subscribe and just send us the five bucks each month. That is, is huge. That's, uh, we really appreciate that. Helps us out with our coverage, so thank you, thank you, um, Logan. While we're at it, any uh, any other ways that these people can interact with us before yeah. we get back to our our main topics here? Yeah, of course you can find us at WNBA Nation Pod on Twitter. We'd love for you to be a part of the Twitter fam. The Twitch and the Twitter fam have a lot of crossover, so um, if you're going to do one, why not do the other? Uh, interact with everybody over there. That's very fun. You can also leave us a five star review, which we'll read on the air on one of our episodes. That helps us get discovered by other listeners and um, makes us feel good. Um, but most of all, it, it kind of buoys us to the top of what is now uh, a, a top 100 basketball podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts. And we, we're going to try to continue to climb those ranks uh, with additional reviews, um, which is like, thanks to, to all of you who've already done that because you've, you've probably helped uh, many of our newest listeners discover the pod. So, um, it all kind of builds on itself, and we appreciate those of you who've been with us for a long time and those of you who are new. Um, whoever you are, if you have five minutes right now, uh, if you're not driving like a six-hour <laughs> like cross-country trip in your car right now, um, if you go to podcastawards.com, uh, we are currently in the month of July where you can nominate your favorite sports podcasts. Um, you can actually nom- nominate podcasts uh, that are your favorite from a bunch of different categories. But if you go to the people's choice category and the sports category, you can find us. It's alphabetical. So we're at the very bottom of the list. And if you nominate us in this month, um, while the nominations are open, then what will happen is it'll go to like a panel and they'll basically take the top 10 shows by nominations by popular vote. And then they'll decide to evaluate those and they'll award people's choice awards. So, um, we want to be a part of that because it helps us get discovered. And, uh, it's, it's good for the show and it helps us kind of take the next step as a show with you guys. So, um, if you like us and you want to do that, it's pretty much as easy as clicking a button and putting in your email. So podcastawards.com, find WNB Nation under the sports category. That would boost us a ton. Um, and we'd really appreciate that. Thank you all for the support that you've shown us thus far over the last four years that we've been doing this now. Um, it's a blast. It's a blast getting on here and having, you know, Dozens of you guys join us for the Twitch screen. Every time we join, jump on on like a Monday afternoon, I'm like, I don't know how many people are going to be, you know, looking to hear W news right now. And without fail, you guys are always here. So, um, that's very cool. I'm glad we were able to, to hit the plugs in the middle of the show this time instead of dumping them all at the end. That's something that we need to get better at. But, um, yeah, Twitch, Twitter, five star reviews, podcastawards.com. Absolutely. You can, uh, you can follow us on all of those things in like a five minute span. So if you're just scrolling on your phone aimlessly later tonight, listening to this, <laughs> pause it right now. Go do that. Come right back.
All right, you're back. Thanks for doing that. You're the best. A <laughs> um, couple other topics we wanted to hit on today. Again, this is a pretty relaxed episode because we don't have uh, any games going on tonight. But uh, we wanted to get to a few things. There is some talk that there are some disagreements between the roster in Atlanta and how they're being utilized. Uh, this is kind of this, this kind of is the launch pad for an entire different discussion that we're wanting to have this year, which is that not just the Indiana fever are struggling with playing their rookies. We're not seeing a lot of Charlie Collier and all queer in Dallas. We're not seeing a lot of Ari McDonald and even Kennedy Carter, who is now a sophomore, yeah. um, who was tearing it up and scoring a lot of points last year for the dream. We're not seeing them a lot. And just kind of across the league, the trend is most rookies are playing well under 10 minutes a game. They're not really in the rotation. And it seems like teams are either shelving them and keeping them as just, cheap bodies to have in practice or kind of waiting for them to develop overseas in the WNBA's off season in order to kind of see what they have instead of trying them out in the rotation now in the WNBA during the season to see what they have. So there's been a lot of different solutions and ideas around this proposed in our Twitch chat, uh, Twitch chat today as we, we kind of started the discussion off before we pressed record um, at that point. I was just wondering what you thought about that Kyle and um, just kind of what you think about the drama in Atlanta and what's going on with this rookie class. You know, I I don't have enough information to make a, a ton of commentary on what's going on in Atlanta. Um, basically what we do know is, uh, is there was some, uh, there was some involvement. We know that, uh, um, it started in a timeout. Um, apparently there was some discussion to, between a couple of the players, uh, in particular, it sounds like it was Kennedy Carter that was involved with that. And they, uh, I don't, I don't know details, um, who instigated what, but all I know is that Kennedy Carter did not come out to play basically after the first quarter and, uh, and wasn't around. And Kennedy Carter has been a huge, huge element of Atlanta's success. Um, and I think is a, a big, uh, is a potential uh, star in the league moving forward, but I don't have enough information to make a whole lot of commentary on, uh, on what happened there, but that's, that's the few things that we know. Hey, WNBA nation listeners, Kyle here. I just wanted to hop in and give a quick update to this section of the podcast. Uh, of course, more information was able to come out soon after we finished recording and streaming, um, earlier today. And I just want to give an update to those of you who, uh, might not be on Twitter and may not be aware of some of the things, uh, surrounding the Atlanta dream. So as was mentioned earlier on, as was mentioned in the show, um, there was some sort of drama that went on, uh, with the Atlanta dream. And I just want to clarify what that was. Um, just recently we received an, a media advisory from the Atlanta dream public relations manager, um, an official statement on Kennedy Carter, uh, saying that, uh, and quote, to, due to conduct detrimental to the team, Kennedy Carter has been suspended until further notice, end quote. Um, basically, uh, there isn't a, it's not a one game suspension, a two game suspension. It's until further notice, which, uh, I don't know, uh, how exactly how long that will be. Could be a game, could be until after the Olympic break, 
could be indefinitely. We're not positive. But uh, Kennedy Carter has been suspended. Now, just putting a couple things together, I want to also um, provide some backstory and some context to that statement. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the game before, the game prior uh, against the Seattle Storm. The Atlanta Dream uh, had, a, had a decent game going. Um, and... Uh, Towards the end of the game, Kennedy Carter happened to be on the bench and did not see much playing time towards the end of the game. Uh, reporters asked coach Mike Peterson about that, uh, and he responded in saying uh, essentially that uh, he held Carter out towards the end of the game um, just because the unit that was on the floor was doing so well, uh, and he more or less uh, maybe didn't forget to put her back in, but that he uh, decided that the group that was out there just had uh, more, um, more, uh, more good going on and he didn't want to mess that up. So there's that, which adds a little bit of background to this. Uh, Carter started today's game or excuse me, not today's game, yesterday's game against the aces. Uh, and was checked out with six minutes and 10 seconds left on the clock, uh, in the first quarter. And, uh, she had picked up a second foul, uh, headed to the bench, uh, obviously un- a little unhappy as, as many players are after picking up their second foul, um, early in the game. Carter then checked in again with one minute, 44 seconds left in the first quarter. And finished out the quarter and then did not return to the game. Uh, in fact, uh, during the second half, after teams came out of the locker room uh, to start the second half of basketball, Carter was not on the bench at all and uh, seemed to just stay back in the locker room. Now, um, we obviously don't have all of the details here. We're just, I'm just trying to provide you with uh, what has been uh, reported. I want to give a quick shout out, uh, to two individuals in particular, Christina Williams, uh, and Spencer Newsbaum. I apologize to Spencer if I mispronounced your last name. Um, but those two have been, uh, great sources, uh, not just for, uh, the Atlanta Dream, but for especially Christina for WNBA news in general. They're fantastic follows. If you have a Twitter, I suggest following both Spencer and Christina on this, uh, not just for this story, but for everything else, WNBA and Atlanta dream related. Um, apparently, uh, sources say that a player tried to talk to Kennedy Carter during a timeout and Carter got mad. There was an altercation there. Um, it happened in the first quarter or at the end of the first quarter. Not sure. Um, but that's essentially what happened. And, um, so coach Mike Peterson was again asked after this game about Kennedy Carter, not returning in the second half. Uh, his quote was that it's something we're dealing with and that's all I can say. Uh, that, and then obviously, uh, today it was announced that Kennedy Carter has been suspended till further notice. Um, and anytime that something like this is going on, I'm always interested in what other players or coaches or um, teammates, owners, front office uh, might have to say on this. Renee Montgomery, uh, just recently, uh, you know, formerly a teammate of Kennedy's, um, tweeted out uh, something today, a little bit earlier tonight, saying building a winning building 
a winning culture means holding ourselves accountable as a team. As we, as we grow through situations, we will work toward helping our players in all aspects. No need to panic. It's part of the, of the grind. Hashtag do it for the dream. Um, so there you have it. There's a little bit more uh, context and story. We're not going to provide a lot of commentary simply because we don't have a lot of the facts. We're not uh, we're not as close to this as to the situation as others. However, as others may report, uh, in addition to that, um, we will do our best to keep you posted. So uh, I hope that provides a little bit of insight into this situation, and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the show. It's kind of the type of year where, or it's the time of year where you start to hear stories like this about teams kind of unraveling that aren't having the seasons that they wanted to. Obviously, the teams that are winning are doing just fine. Um, whatever problems they have are being masked by wins and, and good feelings. But um, teams like Atlanta, uh, they're not doing so great in the standings. Uh, it makes sense that maybe some things are kind of festering. There's Obviously, some questions to to be had, even after getting rid of their their owner and replacing kind of the ownership stuff at the top over the off season. Um, they, they did have Nikki Collin leave right before the season. Um, they kind of rush hired a, a new coach after that. And it maybe, I don't know, like there's, it just doesn't seem like the type of organization where everything runs as smoothly as it could. Uh, and so it doesn't surprise me that things like this are kind of creeping in on the fringes. It'll, it'll probably be something that gets dealt with and we don't hear it about it again in two weeks, but it's a decision or uh, it's a situation to keep an eye on. Um, but more, more than just what's going on in Atlanta, I think the decision the league has kind of taken to really limit rookies is, is kind of, <laughs> it's an ongoing joke on Twitter at this point. Like everything you can think of is a reason to expand the league, like expand the rosters, expand the league. Like this is why we need expansion to the point where it's like become a, a joke. Like, I don't know, like, but, but it is, there is an element of truth to it. It's like, we've got three rounds of a WNB draft every year. And the first round picks are all averaging like four minutes a game. Yeah. And they're scoring like a, a bucket. And it's like, I know not every rookie is going to go out there and be Asia Wilson, but right now, Michaela Onyenwere leads the rookie of the year race by a lot. Um, and she did have a really good game the other it, We just talked about the Mystics game, which was so cool. She went out and had 11 points. She, she shot well. Um, but she's averaging like nine points a game. Um, uh, in, in like 24 minutes. So she's just in the rotation um, for a really young team. And that's great. It's great for New York to have her developing and to be able to count on her. And she's absolutely a prime candidate to kind of make that year two and three jump into being like a real name in this league. Um, the sky's the limit for her. Her ceiling is unimaginable, but like what she's doing now doesn't scream to me rookie to hear numbers. Right. But compared to every other rookie, it's like, well, there's just nobody else like Kaiser in Indiana. We've already talked about the fever struggling to figure out what they want to do with their rookies. Dallas taking Charlie Collier and Allah queer one and two. It's not going to be either of them. Uh, Ari McDonald, somebody that we kind of wanted to see a lot more from this year after the tournament, but doesn't look like we're going to see it this season, maybe next year. So just kind of a, <laughs> it's looking better and better all the time that Seattle traded that number one overall pick to snag Katie Lou Samuels. Yeah. And basically just washed their hands of this draft this year. Yeah. That really was, that was a huge thing that everybody was like, Oh, like you're like Katie Lou for a number one pick. What are you talking about? And the longer this year goes on, the better and better that move looks like it really does because Katie, Katie's getting some really solid minutes and she's putting in some pretty solid, um, 
she's putting in some really solid, like, you know, statistics in different things. And just unfortunately, nobody else really other outside of, uh, Onion Wede. And I mean, DJ Carrington's getting a couple minutes here. Um, we're, we're seeing some minutes like here and there, but it's not consistent. And, you know, like for example, I, I think I just read, uh, uh, yeah, Onion Wede got the, uh, uh, rookie of the month with yeah nine points per game two and a half rebounds per game like that's not phenomenal you know that's not like a, a, a mind-blowing like statistic or anything like that and so to have yeah i, I don't know it, i think it's just a yeah. a sad sad um well it, it was a weaker draft and we knew it was going to be but usually even weak drafts have one or two players at the top that are kind of the banner players right in the draft and it, don't get me wrong, I think in three years there there will still be players from this year that develop into those players. Or even back DJ in Carrington and Dee Richards and Dana Evans, like players we haven't even mentioned yet, like they can all find a place in this league. For sure. But if you look back to like the right now. Look like the Kelsey Mitchell year, right? Where she or not the Kelsey Mitchell, excuse me, Kelsey Plum. Sorry. Uh, Kelsey Plum year where she came in, she struggled for the first couple of seasons compared to what people were expecting from her. Um, you had Alicia Gray and Brittany Sykes in that same year. And people were like, ah, oh, it's kind of a weak draft. All of those players, you know, all three of those players have really carved out a nice spot in the league. Um, and so far, I, I, I don't, I, there's, this is a rough, this is a rough season for a lot of, of these rookies. And I think across the board, Logan, what you and I mentioned is that why not play some of these, these rookies a little bit more, especially if you're a team like, say, Indiana, maybe LA, Atlanta, some of these, some of these teams yeah. that have had some of these higher teams draft that picks. should not be worried about. Well, what if it costs us the win? Yeah, what if it like, costs us the like the, the play like the 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 title? Those three teams are probably not making a title run this year. So <laughs> why not at least start developing some of your younger players into something that either you can develop and have as a key piece for you or that you can trade away after their rookie contracts are up and gain some other assets, you know? Like that's just where yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand why these teams aren't developing their rookies. You've got the Indiana fever who are like playing some very veteran players over a lot of their younger players for no return. You've got two wins. We gave you some credit earlier in the show. So here's the, here's the reality, you know, the, the spoonful of medicine that's coming after the sugar, I guess Um, you've got two wins. You're not doing anything this season. You weren't doing anything last season or the season before, and yet Lauren Cox wasn't getting time. Tierra McCann wasn't getting time. It's not like you were losing more games because you were playing, uh, playing young players. You're losing the games anyway. Why not try and develop them? Get them some time out there. You're, you're taking the L anyway, and then be able to to move them after that. Like, don't spend so much time on these veterans that have already pretty much been developed, and that. You know, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I don't want to get too in the weeds here no, and, and I, tick too I many fans off, it. but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the most valuable player in the league is Asia Wilson. And it's because she's making 70 grand and is the reigning MVP. Like that's, that's the most, vi- I, I know it's not like, don't take that to be like, Oh, that's your MVP this year. Like I'm, I'm talking 
lowercase most valuable player in the league is is the one you get the most value for. Yes. And every team in the league has players that are in those first three years of their contracts where they're not getting paid a lot. You want to see what they have. And and it's it goes two ways. The, the player should want to prove to you in that stretch that they're worth the big free agency money, that they're worth the max contract. So they they want the playing time. They don't mind that they're... Well, they do mind, but... They understand they're not going to be, get paid a lot right away. They need to prove that they can do it in the league. And if they can do that, the team benefits twofold because they get the production from the player on the floor for cheap money. And then they know what to do when that contract is up and it's time to re-sign. Let's use Ben Nigelani as, as an example. Like, How about instead of waving Ben Nigelani because you're like, I don't think I like what we have here. You get three years of what she's doing for New York right now. And then you know at the end of that three years, hey, that should be a foundational piece of our team moving forward. Right. Um, which is like this is standard operating procedure in every other league for rookies is like you ride those rookies as far as you could as far as they can take you. Like that's decide what to do with them once you have to pay them money. And if they've proven they're worth that money, give it to them. And if for some reason you don't think they are, trade them to the Dodgers, I guess. And then they'll pay <laughs> And they'll pay them because um, they but, pay everyone. <laughs> um Sorry, a little bit of Mookie Betts stuff getting into here, but, um, but, but instead you've got these wild, like, again, we've already talked about this, so I'm not going to hammer this too much, but like, uh, Lauren Cox, why would, <laughs> until like halfway through year three, why would you even do that? Why would you cut her from the team? You're not going to get anything for her. She was, she was your number three pick. You spent that number three pick. You didn't play her. And then you just like, you may as well just told the league office a year ago, Hey, we're skipping our pick. Just move past us. Like, that's essentially what they did there. Yeah. <laughs> and now the Sparks are playing her like 20 minutes a game. Um, because it's like, like you got, you have this limited window in every sport. And I know it's icky because we want players to be in control and, and make the most amount of money possible. And like, we want player success. But you have this window in every sport, in every league where you're like, hey, you got to prove that you're a big league player you're a professional basketball player that you're worth the 220 or whatever it's going to be. I I think the max contract is going to go up again, right? They, the CBA that they signed last year doubled it. Yeah. It it's up to like 220 or 230. It'll now. go it's going to go, go up, up again significantly here in the over by, the next couple the seasons. Time, yeah, 2 years from now Paige Beckers is going to get drafted and 3 years after that she's going to be up for a new deal and it's going to be a half million dollar deal. And teams are going to want to know, are you worth paying the highest amount of money any player has ever made on a single deal in WNBA history. And you're not going to know that if you play them five minutes a game their rookie year and then you cut them halfway through the next season, which is what teams are doing right now, not just Indiana. So the the miss the misappropriation of rookie talent and and, and uh I guess the commodity that, that rookies give you like basically like cheap like cheap talent. Um, it's, it's rare. It's what you want in every league. You're like, I want a roster of future superstars who I can pay less than a hundred K. Like, that's what I want. And then from there, you get flexibility. You can trade them for assets. You can pay them big money and they can be the foundation players of your team. Um, honestly, I think the Liberty are one of my, my favorite, like best built teams in the league right now because you've got Natasha Howard and Ben Nigelani secure for the next four seasons. Like, they're not going anywhere. And during those four seasons, you're going to develop your rookies, Dee Richards and Michaela Onionware, and your second year, Sabrina. Right. 
so your core is not going anywhere and your rookies are going to stay there for three years. And then after that point, you have all the flexibility in the world to trade, to sign, do whatever. And that's exactly the position that, that you want to be in. Other, like the only other, the, the best position to be in is Seattle's position, which is to be the reigning champs. Everything else, like that's, that's where you want to be. And that's why I question a lot of like, I don't know what Indiana's doing. I don't totally know what Atlanta's plan is. Dallas is starting to come together. I, I still want to see an offseason from them where they really capitalize on what they've seen from Mabry this year. But great example of letting a player develop. Now we know that Mabry can be an all-star. It, Didn't make it this year. Probably should have. Exactly. And that's the thing is when you see other teams giving those giving those players like an opportunity. Ben Nigelani is a fantastic example, right? Gets cut and now... Honestly, people talk about Ben Nigelani as an MVP of this league and she was cut before, you know, like you just got, you have to be able to give some opportunities, especially if you're not winning games. Yeah. And there was a good comment in our Twitch stream a while back and now I can't remember who made it. Um, but it was, it was interesting insight into, well, maybe, um, maybe uh, overseas teams, are, are where these players are going to develop. And then their WNBA front offices will kind of view that overseas as like, a, Oh, interesting. Like they're playing really well over there. Maybe they're worth investing in. Right. I think that is a terrible strategy. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's horrible. All, all that is, all that is doing is telling that player, like the WNBA can be your side project and overseas can be your main source of income. They treat you like a star, like, I don't know. I, I think the WNBA should be lobbying to treat players better than any other league. And right now they're kind of letting EuroLeague step in and take care of their rookies and show them a good time. And then what do you expect them to, to come back to your team in the U S and play a 30 game season and give you everything they've got for half the money they made overseas. Like that's, I think that's, I don't think that's a good strategy to draft a player and then let another team develop them and treat them like a minor league system. Because if anything, the W is kind of struggling not to be the minor league system for overseas leagues. And I, you know, I don't want to see that happen. I want the W to be the league and for everybody to want to play here. So I, I would shy away from that strategy if that's really what's going on. I'd agree with that. Well, cool, man. That's rookie talk, fever win, Liberty, big win over the mystics, Dallas recap. UFO barbecue. <laughs> That's your it, show. It man. sounds That's, so weird we until you get there. We it was, it. it's the exact vibe you want. It's the exact vibe you want. I'm not going to lie. It was so, I, I left there going, this is the perfect place that I wanted to, to hit up as far as Dallas barbecue. It was phenomenal. <laughs> I want to go, man. Well, we're going to be at All Star. Uh, I keep thinking all-star weekend, but it's not the weekend. It's a Wednesday. It's just a day. Um, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to be, be there though. At the all-star game, July 14th. We want to see if you're going to be there in Vegas. Yeah. Let uh, us know if us you're up. going. Cause we want, we want to know how many people are, uh, are in our, in our, our family here that, uh, that want to maybe do a meetup. Maybe we can meet up that morning. Um, you know, we're going, we're flying in the night before. So we've got some time uh prior to the actual game. So we want to maybe do a meetup over breakfast or brunch or something like that. We can head up and then we can hang out and do some do some fun stuff before the game. 
Um, or maybe we want to do an after game party. Uh, you know, we'll reach out to some of, uh, the other content creators as far as the WNBA goes and see who wants to do maybe a, uh, a content creator, uh, meet up yeah. and, and, and see if, uh, we can get some people coming to hang out and we'll just chill for a while. But, uh, we're excited. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, we've got, Man, dude, it's coming up fast. Yes. Yeah, we're it's leaving like a, week, a week from tomorrow. We're flying out, uh, to Vegas. So. Yeah, it'll it'll it's coming up pretty quick, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, so keep uh, obviously if you're subscribed to the podcast, you'll be getting the episodes as they come out. We've been on a pretty good like Monday and later in the week, like Wednesday or Thursday schedule. Uh, it's been a little shaky just because there's been travel and holidays and yeah. things lately. <laughs> but you can usually count on two a week from us. We're also going to be Twitch streaming a little bit more uh, just to kind of boost our our uh, our views on here because we're we're trying to partner with. Um, the sports boost Twitch program because they want more sports shows on here. And we are kind of proud to be a part of that. So there's, I, I don't know if you've been able to pick up on this listeners, but there's a lot of really cool stuff going on behind the scenes with like expanding the show's reach mm-hmm. uh, that you have, like you are responsible for because of your faithful listenership and your reviews and just always being there for us online and interacting with us. So thank you so much for all of that. Obviously keep an eye on the, uh, the Twitter uh, the Twitter. <laughs> I was gonna say the Twitter account. Sound like a boomer. And then I stopped. <laughs> um, yeah, keep keep an eye on the Twitter account for the latest updates on what we have planned for when we're in Vegas for the All Star Game. Um, and once again, podcastawards.com. You can nominate us for the sports category, and we'll be going up against the big boys. Yeah, um, because that's. Those are those are serious awards that go to uh, to, to well, big serious podcasts. And for sure, want to kind of. Throw throw our hat in the ring well, uh, with them. So the the month of July is the only time you can nominate. So please go. Do yeah. That. So please, if you can, if you've got five minutes, this really would like. We we announced this on our on our Twitter recently. We recently reached into the top one point five percent of all podcasts. That's all podcasts. That's just not sports podcasts. That's all podcasts. We're in the top one point five percent. And when we started this show four or five, yeah, four a little over. Four and a half years ago? It's been a while. 2017, so four years ago. Um, this is our fifth season, I guess. Uh, fifth WNBA season that we've, that we've talked about. Um, but four years ago, people were like, dude, you know, uh, quote unquote, nobody watches the WNBA. And we knew that wasn't true because we'd, we'd seen this, you know, and we've got shirts kind of mocking that phrase. And, uh, the fact that y'all have, have put us into the top 1.5% of all podcasts is just a testament that, uh, yeah, there's an audience out there and there's an audience for women's sports content. And, uh, let's go ahead and show, uh, everybody that we're here to play that, that it's not, you know, the, the, we're not a, a secondary level. Uh, type deal that that women's coverage is every bit what what men's coverage has been for decades and that we want to continue to push that so if you guys can uh yeah seriously go ahead and, and put in that um that sports category we would really really appreciate it um it's quick you click on the nominate you put in your email you gotta you do have to verify your email then after that you can go through and nominate um in different categories. The two categories that we would be a part of are the sports category and then the people's choice award. Um, so make sure that you hit those two. If you want to, if you listen to other podcasts, go ahead and vote on those other ones as well. In these other categories, they've got music categories, religion and spirituality, kids and family, um, best, 
games and hobbies, best podcast listening platform. There's a lot in there, but we're specifically in the sports category as well as the People's Choice Awards. So if you can hit us up there, we'd really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for covering that, Kyle. It's good to have you back, man. It's I'm good to be back. For your success. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be sweet seeing the three of you guys uh, in Vegas. This will be, uh, like like Kyle said, this is our fifth season covering uh, the WBA. Uh, Wednesday at the All-Star Game will be the first time the four of us have attended an event together. Yes. Um, ever. So pretty excited for that. We will have plenty more coming at you later this week as the games get going again. We'll be doing some recap and some preview of the weekend in our, our episode later in the week. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you all for tuning in and for joining in on the Twitch chat. I know, uh, at least one of you mentioned that you were driving today. So, uh, I'm hoping this episode got you through a good 80 miles or so, uh, depending on how fast you're going. Um, but we are going to end it there. Thank you again for joining us for WNBA Nation. I am Logan Jones. And I'm Kyle Haywood. And we got you next time.